Hello and welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I'm Steven and with me as always is Brandon bringing you another episode of this podcast that you all hopefully like listening to. Holy crap, dude. You can tell that we're seasoned veterans at this point with that opening. We are seasoned veterans because we don't even have a script that we're like reading off of anymore. We are literally just off the cuff, guys. Speaking of off the cuff, how about that new Eminem album that dropped off the cuff? <laughs> I Well, actually, I, I have even a, a, just an additional thought on that. How do you feel about these random... Because this, this has sort of been the thing lately where artists have just been dropping music out of nowhere... How do you feel when artists do this? I kind of like it because the the whole machine of, um, you know, going through like, oh, my album's coming out, my album. I mean, it's not a big deal or anything. I, I don't want this to come across like it's I have a strong opinion on this or anything. But <clears throat> it's kind of refreshing to just be like, hey, I just randomly dropped this. Go ahead, check it out. Rather than you get uh, the the controversial thing that's going on with Justin Bieber now where – he was advertising this this one song for a while. Then it came out, and now he's trying to like sway the system. Have you heard about this with Justin Bieber? No, I don't know anything about this. So he like posted these things on Instagram about uh, having his fans uh, make sure they buy the the song and stream it while they're sleeping, so that it can be number one on the charts. He's like, if you, even if you aren't allowed to do, if your country doesn't allow Spotify, purchase a VPN app so you can listen to it. <laughs> and then he's like going live with people, random people saying, hey, did you listen to my song yet? Hey, did you listen to my song? He's just like going crazy trying to get people to get his song to number one. And uh, it's just not natural. It's like he's just trying to beat the system. I actually don't mind him doing that only because I feel like we need to almost do that more. I feel we need to be more up in people's faces. Like, guys, we have a podcast. Like, come listen to us. No, dude. So, sometimes. I, I disagree. Mean, there's, a, okay, there's a fine line that you need to walk, but you also need to get people to actually know that you have something. Otherwise, people won't know. If you He's Justin you Bieber. Yeah, oh, okay. I, I, get, I, I get that. I get that. He's I guess. Justin Bieber. If, if his song doesn't go number one, that's because the song isn't good enough. <laughs> like, he's huge. Him being up in people's faces about doing this stuff is is over the top, and and it's also he's he it's not naturally like getting the song to number one. He's he's tricking the system. I feel like it's it's disingenuous. Yeah, disingenuous. I, mean, I, I guess I guess it can be a bit obnoxious at times, but I still think I don't know I, anyone who's just like trying to promote something. I'm just like whatever, like do what you got to do. I think my 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 thing is I actually have kind of the opposite thought process of you. I love the buildup of, um, like, anything I'm wait- I'm looking for. When I see that an album is coming in- out on a certain date or a movie is coming out on a certain date, like, I love the anticipation. I don't like when, when artists just randomly drop stuff. Even if they're my favorite artists, like, uh, Bring Me the Horizon randomly just dropped an album or an EP a few weeks ago. And, I mean, it's it's better than nothing. Like, I like when they do it. But I'd prefer to have the buildup. I, 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 it's like part of the excitement to me. I don't mind the buildup either. I'm just saying I think it's kind of cool that some artists are doing the surprise. Like I, it's not something I'm against. It's just no. It sounds like you were pretty against. It's it. no. I'm against people not, oh, not, shoving, changing your narrative shoving their art, artistry down your throat, even though they're already in a position where their artistry is uh, highly advertised. 
plus, like, the the attitude that he has towards people, it's like, it's not even, like, he'll, he went live with random people, and they're trying to have, like, a genuine conversation with him, and he just doesn't listen to anything they say, and then it'll just be like, did you buy my song? Did you buy my song yet? (laughs) Okay, well, maybe if I knew all of that, then maybe in this specific case, yeah, he probably is being obnoxious, but Justin Bieber is an obnoxious dude, so, like, I'm not that shocked. Yeah, well, but anyways, the that was a separate argument from the 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 surprise album thing. I'm just saying, sure, the buildup is fine, but it's it's a refreshing change from that whole monster of what record labels typically do. So now it's just like, oh, here's a cool thing I wasn't expecting, and it's kind of cool that all of a sudden I have something to listen to, um, and uh, and it's uh, it's not like oh, I prefer this way or whatever. It's just, uh, I, I'm fine with the new trend. Okay. So you're fine with the new trend, but what is your preference? I don't have a preference. I, I don't really care either way. It's it's just, it, it, it's a nice little change of pace. It's it's something that I am okay with, and it's it's a nice surprise sometimes. Okay, so let me ask you that then. You, the last album that you did, you did have like an official day that you released it on. For any and all future music material that you do, do you think that you'll just all of a sudden like, release something? Or do you think it'll be like the day before? Do you think you'll just drop like several songs at a time? Do you think you'll record a full album again at some point? What, what, how do you see the future of your music? Well, I, I, I'm also in a different position because I'm not well known. So me, <laughs> me dropping a <laughs> well, surprise. Oh, yeah. I get- <laughs> Wait, what? Hey, you guys, I surprised you with an album, all 12 of my Dude. fans. <laughs> This guy's got nine thousand Instagram followers. What are you talking about? You're uh, you're iconic these days. But uh, but yeah, so like I, I do plan on doing a new album. Um, I've already got uh, quite a few of the songs done. I I think I need about two more songs to finish it. Um, but those last two songs have been the biggest bitch and a half to try to figure out what I want to say with these. Um, but yeah, I would definitely like let people know that this is coming. You know, it, it, it might be different if, I, like, I think it's cool. Like, uh, like Beyonce did it a while back. Eminem did it to just drop something and be like, you know, you have that audience that that uh, it's taken by surprise with things. I mean, in general, do you like what do you like more? Like, think about your birthday because actually, the day this episode releases yeah, will be your birthday. <laughs> do you do you like planning a party and having things going, or do you like surprises more? I don't know that I can equate my birthday to <laughs> music in this case. I, I've actually never really had, I guess I've kind of had one semi-surprise party, which is the time that Brandon visited me on my 22nd birthday. 22nd birthday. Um, I don't know that, I like the build-up. I do. I, I'm, I'm all about the build-up. I love always having something to look forward to. My my general philosophy is every two months, I always have to have one, within a two month time span, there always has to be at least one thing that I have planned that I'm looking forward to. Because if I don't do that, I start getting depressed. Because I a, love that stuff. This is a good segue, actually. So one of the big things within like the video game industry now is uh, game studios will release games early and call them beta, and, like they're, they're in beta. And uh, they're like uh, early access games or whatever. But then a lot of times the 
the changes that supposedly need to happen won't end up happening. But anyways, besides the fact. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, so how do you feel about situations like this where because because we have become such a, a consumerist society and we just want new things to come out to, to keep us, um, I guess, occupied with new content, are you okay with somebody releasing something that isn't, I guess, polished in a sense, um, rather than holding off for a little bit and releasing it later at a more quality state. So that's a good, that's actually, yeah. Uh, I would prefer them, even if in my head, like they said that it, something, because this has happened actually before where there's been an album that they said it was going to come out on a certain date and then they push it back because they said it's like it's not ready yet or it's, you know, it's not good enough or whatever. I would, actually, My Chemical Romance did this with, uh, uh, Danger, Danger Days. Days. They were going to have like an album before that and they scrapped it and started writing a bunch of songs. Um, I would rather have it be bumped back than for them to rush it out and have it not be as good. So I think as much as I like having like a, a deadline or when I think something is going to come out, I do appreciate it when they own up to the fact that the final product isn't maybe where it should be yet and then they hold off on it. Sorry, audience. Okay, so oh. we got to comment on why we just did that, right? I feel like people are gonna be like, "Why? Why do these guys laugh at so much?" But basically, <laughs> it's an inside joke. When we do these these podcasts, many people don't know this, but we do them uh, live over Instagram. So sometimes people make comments, and uh, sometimes we laugh at them. Okay, we try not to, to be honest with you, because it breaks up the flow <laughs> well, of the episode. Can we give the context as to why we're laughing at this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so a couple episodes back, we did the, the conversation about, like, chemistry and relationships. And after the show, a lot of times on Instagram, we'll stay live and talk to people in the audience or in the chat. And we were like, hey, what should we name this episode? And it was around the same time that My Chemical Romance had just announced that they were uh, having a reunion show. And so one of the audience members had suggested My Chemistry Romance, which is what we ended up titling the episode. And ever since then, she does not stop mentioning (laughs) the name of that episode. And this actually is one of those jokes that's like the more she does it, the funnier it gets. Yeah, for real, it actually that is true. It just keeps getting funnier. Oh man! Oh gosh! Well, let really quick to go back to the Eminem album. I know we're kind of jumping all over. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Let's 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 get back. To so, it. I, how many songs did you listen to? I think you said listen like the first I, I, three. I only got. Three, I listened to the first three songs in their entirety. Okay, so I listened up to a song called... Um, dang it, what is this song called? Oh, yeah, Leaving Heaven featuring Skylar Gray. So I, I listened up to that song, and then he said something... His lyrics said something in it that I was just like, okay, I need to take a break from him for a second. And then I went back and listened to it later on. And this is a topic that you and I have kind of touched on, so this will be a good way to actually like go into this. But So this is his line. It said, Okay, so while Macklemore was keeping his room nice and neat, I was getting my ass beat twice a week. So he was talking in context. He was talking about... Um, white privilege and how 
uh, kind of making the argument like he didn't really get that because he was poor and he grew up in the hood and uh, you know stuff like that. Which I understand that perspective, you know, it's whatever. But uh, I guess I have a problem with this. Uh, you know, the hip hop industry itself has an issue with Macklemore um, because he's a white rapper that um, a lot of times people will uh, discredit his success because he had an easier path, even though he's acknowledged that and he has talked about that in his music and whatnot. But I guess the, the issue I had with this is something that you and I have talked about where um, it's like people compare problems. People say, oh, well, you didn't have as hard of a life as me, so you you know shut the fuck up. You, your life was easy. I mean, what are your thoughts when you hear something like this? Where, where does your head go? Do you think this is something that you should just get over as a person with privilege, or is it something that should be recognized as hey problems can be different for different people it's one of the most frustrating things to me is when people try to compare problems with one another like when people try to act like well my problems are worse than yours or you don't understand because these are my problems because the truth is actually they're right like i won't i don't understand other people's problems like i understand elements of other people's problems which is uh obvious like i we all have an ability to understand people's problems to a certain extent. But no, it's, it is a really annoying thing when people try to compare problems because it just turns into this, this back and forth battle with people. And ultimately, you're not gonna win. Like, there's no winning this, this fight. There's no winning this war against whose problems are worse. And it, it just makes everything so negative. Like you don't know what someone's path is. Like I don't actually know what it's like to have someone else's brain. Like for people who have like having like schizophrenia when they're having all all these just crazy thoughts going back and forth in your head like I don't understand that I, I don't know what that would be like people who have really like strong um, OCD having irrational thoughts on things like you only know what you know and that's kind of it's kind of a beautiful thing in a sense that you everyone is different but it's annoying to try to discredit people based on that type of stuff because you don't really know like what they're going through. Like I, I guess I don't. I don't know Macklemore specifically, but is there a certain reason why they say his uh, his path was easier other than the fact that he's white? Is there like something else to this? Uh, I guess I don't know what his thought process was behind this. I mean, Macklemore um, has been pretty open about a drug addiction, so. You know his his path hasn't been the easiest. He he has gone through recovery and relapse, and, and just like Eminem has, um, oh, yeah. I guess I don't know what his upbringing was like. But well, let me ask you this: is there is there a line though? Like, is there a certain point where it's like, yeah, you just you have to get over? The, like, let's 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 take a super extreme example. Let's say that you're a person who is built into riches, and you're so used to having everything exactly the way that you want it, but then you, you know, come on hard times or something, and now you have to uh, live life in a more uncomfortable way. But it's really in comparison to, I guess, what a middle class person would live at, um, or the people like, you know, I'm used to having my my pillow fluffed. You know, I'm used to having. 
uh, someone cook my meals for me. And now this is really hard for me to figure out how to do this. It, is that a certain line where it's like, yeah, I want to, I want to validate what you're going through, but at the same time, this is, this is over the top. Do you think there is any part of that where it's like, yeah, there, there is a line, but I think a good example of this kind of like, as you said, would be if somebody was born and raised with money and they got everything that they wanted, like just on, just on a whim because they could just pay for everything. And then all of a sudden they go broke after having everything, it would be way different in that case than somebody who has struggled with money their entire life. And then they lost the little bit that they had too. like, it's going to impact people differently based on the full scope of circumstances. That's the, that's the reason why you can't like this, this stuff is so not black and white. And there are some things I think you can be like, okay, maybe you're overreacting a little bit because if we never tried to find any commonalities between each other as humans, then we would never have any valuable discussions. If we were just like, uh, you don't understand, you don't understand. You don't understand. Like, if you just did that, then the conversation wouldn't go anywhere. But well, that's a th- that's a good, that that's one thing that pisses me off is when you stop the conversation and just say you don't understand. It's like okay, but I'm trying to. <laughs> let's let's talk about it. Let's yeah. have. If you're gonna shut me out because I came from a different background than you, um, then yeah, I'm not going to be able to empathize or understand it all because you're not giving me that chance. Which I think is one of the frustrating parts about this whole discussion is a lot of times it's just like you're not allowed to talk. You're not allowed to have an opinion mm-hmm. on this because of what you came from. It's different from what I came from. And it's like in some cases, yes, some people aren't trying to understand and they just think, oh, get over it. You know, do your shit, whatever. But in situations where it's like people who are actually they have a desire to learn or a desire to be educated on it. Um, but because of it's almost it's it's a a different form of the same issue you're still discriminating in certain ways against people just because they didn't know your story it's like well how would everybody comes with their own perspectives everybody comes with the way they even even if they have a similar life path as you they're going to have their own way of uh processing through that information um but the the line thing is tough because I guess who defines that? Who gets to decide what the what the line is? On yeah, you need to get over these issues, and and just you're gonna have to learn like the rest of us. And yeah, yeah. so I don't know. Well, the truth of the matter is, you could discredit anyone. You could say to someone, "Oh, your." Can you imagine if your parent was a, a big time celebrity? How hard it would be to live under that that sort of shadow expectation your entire life yeah. of wow i have to be like this person it's really easy to just discredit them and be like well look at you had all those connections and that's the thing is is that everyone always just tries to find a reason to discredit people this is this is one of those things because i've had it happen in my life to a certain extent that people have, have tried to discredit certain things that i've done and i'm just like you know there is no there's no perfect way of of having your your path go in your life, you're just gonna have to kind of block it out and realize that people, not that people that wanna see you fail, but people who feel bad about themselves oftentimes are just try, gonna try to find a way to 
make what you're doing seem less significant and you see it you just you just see it all the time it's just a part of life and it sucks but well and that's that's a thing too is to a certain extent i almost feel like as much as as much as we can communicate with each other and kind of uh maybe help each other through our own individual perspectives maybe seeing things in a way that someone else didn't see them before i mean that's a lot of what we aim to do with the podcast maybe we have a conversation about something that you know somebody has struggled with or thought about and then you know maybe you and i will say something that has a light bulb go off in their head but at the, at the same time it's it's also like worry about yourself almost you know what i mean like stop being so concerned about what uh how other people are handling handling their shit and and if you can just if you can individualize your own stuff just focus on uh, you know what you're doing through your life maybe it works for you but that doesn't necessarily mean that everything's going to everything that you do and got you to where you wanted to go is going to work for this other person so and that's a tough thing too with like people of authority figures you know they they'll come down like these are the steps that you got to take to be successful and it's like well yeah that was that was the step those are the steps that you took but i I might not want the same things that you want so you know you have i mean we've talked about this a lot with um like our like with my dad before this has definitely got brought up before where there's certain things that has made my dad have success in what he was going towards in his life that I don't think would work the same way for me because we don't want the exact same things. And that's okay because that's why advice, you have to take all advice with a grain of salt in my opinion because just because I'm going to use a very specific example here. Somebody like Gary V, who a lot of people really look up to, I... I mean, I look up to him, but not for everything to do with him. I look up to him because he's successful at what he wanted to do in his life. And that, to me, is something to look up to. However, a lot of things that he says, people take it, like, as just, as, uh, well, if I do what Gary says, then I'm going to be successful. And to a certain extent, it could work, but also he is himself. Like, it worked for him. But there's a variation of what he did that you should do that may not be exactly what he's saying when he's he's talking about things. And he to be fair, he does comment on the fact that like if you're happy you've won, which is I think probably the best thing that he says because I agree in life you don't need money, you don't need any of this stuff as long as you're happy. I feel like that's a big part of what life is. But you just see a lot of people online who see these YouTubers or who idolize someone and they think, "Wow, if I just do what they did, I can have their life. But the thing is, is you don't want their life. You want the best version of what your life can be. And our society is obsessed with emulation. Hell, you even get me on a small scale where people ask me, like, how do I grow my YouTube channel? And I'm like, first off, I don't have that many subscribers, so I'm not sure that I'm, I'm the person you should be asking that question to. Second off, what I do is not going to work for you. Like, it's, it's, just, it's just not because I'm a different person than than then like if Brandon and I, if we did the exact same things on our YouTube channels, we'd have different results. If I tried to sing the songs Brandon does, I wouldn't get the same results. People would be like, what am I listening to here? And if Brandon tried to give, like try to sit at the microphone and do the exact same type of videos that I do, 
I'm sure Brandon would be really good at it, but I'm sure that it would be he'd get different results than me doing it. Well, I I we had this conversation when I was when we were when I was first talking about uh, you know trying to do the consistent post one video at least one video a week thing is I didn't want to do that thing because that wasn't really what I ever saw my art as. So it would just be me emulating you because now I'm trying to be a YouTuber too. And so I got to do exactly what Steven's doing. So there was definitely thought of like, well, hold on a sec, take a step back here. If you're going to talk about things, you don't have to be in front of the camera on the mic. That's what Steven does because that's his art. But so, you know, then I developed that songwriter to songwriter thing, which was, you know, me just writing. You don't get to see my face at all. Uh, But regardless it's just yeah you are absolutely right that i think you can you take advice and you try to pin it into how that advice fits your specific path it's not like well first you need to buy this equipment then once you buy this equipment then you need to have your camera at this specific place in front of you like find how you know whatever it is that you're doing how it fits with with your shit. I mean, if you want to take it back to uh, a, a very simple analogy, you know, hunters and gatherers, you know, people had certain skill sets, certain things that fit with who they were just as people, and then they use those skill sets to provide for their their village or whatever. So it wasn't like, well, you know, this, I mean, there probably was a little like all the men did this, all the women did this, but for the most part, like, even though like a weak man, you know, they might've been used as uh, someone who was intelligent. You know, that person used their knowledge to survive rather than having to use, it's, it's a simple evolutionary perspective. But to go back to, I, I almost even disagree with the Gary V sentiment of everything is just headed towards happiness because I don't even know that there can be a concrete definition of happiness. And I, I listened to this one psychologist talk about living with our darkness and how we need to be more we need to embrace that a little bit more because we all strive towards this happiness but what is happiness really really a lot of times we feel like or we we say it's a feeling you just feel happy but feelings are so um i don't think malleable is the right word for this but i'll just use it in this situation feelings are so malleable in the sense that like anything can impact your feelings randomly like, I could just wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Does that mean I'm not striving towards happiness? Does that mean I'm not happy as a person? And now all of a sudden, I'm, you know, I get into this these places where I'm thinking, oh, I need to make a change because I should be happy right now, but I don't feel happy. Like, you could go through a week where you feel like you're under this cloud, but it could there could be other things going on. And it also could just be, like, genetic. Like, genetically, you can have... T- uh, uh, a certain um, way that your body uh, chemistry works and that body chemistry makes you feel down sometimes just randomly does that mean that you need to make a bunch of changes in your life no not necessarily you might just need to learn how to embrace that not let it paralyze you and either work through it or just kind of relax through those moments and wait for them to pass and then whatever you know whatever the situation calls for I don't know that it's always just oh, I'm always trying to be happy. It's Sometimes it's like, I'm just going to try to do what I want to do. And it's not always going to... Because we've talked about this with even pursuing creative endeavors as a career. There might be times when 
this now, like creative endeavors might now feel like a chore at, you know, in moments. But ultimately, when we actually ask ourselves, what do we want to do? This is the thing that we want to do. So we're going to have to embrace some of those moments where it feels like a chore because the moments outside of those chores will feel, will still have that feeling of fulfillment that, that we crave. Yeah, because, do you know, pretty much what happens now because of people like Gary Vee is if you go onto social media, um, you find a bunch of people who just post content all the time. So they'll just be, like, it's so cookie cutter. It's like mm-hmm. the same clip of, here's the five steps, and they, they, they post every day. Like, you can pretty much see, oh, this person was, was impacted by Gary Vee because they think in their heads that if they follow this formula, it's gonna get them to this place called happiness that apparently Gary Vee is at. And people who, uh, people sort of romanticize that, that these certain people have this, this superior life of happiness. And the way to get there is to follow these specific steps of making these videos, making these posts, and building up the social media fo- following to be this entrepreneur and you see it all over the place. Like I can pretty much scroll through Instagram and be like, this person's inspired by Gary Vee, this person's inspired by Gary, which is awesome. The thing that it, that it interests me about that is I would love to have that type of an impact. Like that is so cool to know that Gary Vee is impacting all these people's lives, but it's really dangerous because as you said, happiness is sort of like a, it, it is just like a temporary feeling. Like you'll feel it for a little bit and then it'll go away. There's not just, no one's ever just had a year where every single second of it was was just the best because there's always a varying degree of happiness. Like you could have like the best year, but there's still going to be peaks and valleys of happiness yeah. within that there. And it's just it just seems really dangerous to try to have so many people emulate something with the idea of this will bring them happiness, especially because there's so much cookie cutter stuff out there now that I actually think it's taking away from creativity and I think I have a theory here and maybe this will not age well I don't know but I have a feeling that at some point this idea of doing excessive content creation will probably like people will be more focused on good content and less just on just throwing making as much content as possible I think that eventually the people who will who will rise above when everyone starts being sick of how this is being done it'll be the ones who do something different well, that that's a good. I, I I think I might agree with that. The the only thing that I, I have hesitation with agreeing is just because it seems like our because we keep getting so much, it's like our ceiling is raising with how much we want. So I'm worried that we're just going to keep wanting more and more and more and more <laughs> yeah. and more. Uh, like I even catch myself like with YouTubers that I really like. A lot of times they don't post every week like you and I do. And I'm like, I'm so pumped when they post, but I like, I don't know if I want more from them or if I want them to keep doing what they're doing because I like their content. So it's it's this crazy thing. But you see it in the video game industry because of that thing we talked about earlier. Game companies are now holding off on releasing things when they say they are. Like there are a bunch of games that were supposed to come out in like March that are now pushed back to like May and June because they just don't feel like their product is of quality. And you saw games like Anthem, which was supposed to be this huge game that came out and now its audience is dead because it came out busted. They told people it was going to release a certain time. They released it at the time, but it wasn't ready. 
And it's like we can't just keep giving this quantity of uh, of product and then think that it's it's going to last. A lot of times, I I think you're right. I think the market might shift and be like, okay, as much as I did want a bunch of stuff, I want good stuff, and this stuff isn't yeah. meeting that. Well, that's what it was back in the back in the day. If everything was handmade, and it would take a long time, but when you got the the final product, it was really good. And there's just there's so much of everything out there that I think at some point, the unique things that are better are going to rise above. And eventually, this cookie cutter thing of how everyone now is, I'm an entrepreneur who posts like seven times a day on my business and my business strategies, and I have a podcast that talks about this. Like, there's so much out there. It's just overwhelming that eventually I just think that the better things will start to rise above it. Now, I don't know when this is going to start happening because right now I think I've seen the the effect of putting out a lot of content and, and, and how that can be beneficial. And I don't know where the cutoff is going to be. I don't know if it... We live in a in a society where, as time goes on, we want more and we want things faster. So I don't know. Maybe it'll reverse, and at some point, and we'll be okay waiting a couple of weeks for a new video. Like I don't know where the where the future is going with that, but it just seems like at some point this trend of just content over quality has probably it's probably going to run its course. It's my guess. Let me go back a little bit to your talk about uh, Gary V, how he impacts people, and how you would like to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, something similar to that. Do you, when thinking of that and how people just try to emulate Gary Vee because of it, do you feel a responsibility as a person on social media to, I guess, maybe even confront that and say, you guys need to be realistic. You need to find what works for you. I'm not going to have these 10 steps that exactly work. For, like, do you do you think that'll be part of, if you were to have a platform where you made that kind of impact, is that something that you think you would try to address or how would you handle it? A hundred percent. I think we even see it in some of the comments that I make from time to time about how I, I say like, you know, you don't have to listen to me or I'll, I'll make a point like, you're, what's going to work for me is not going to work for you or things are not black and white. I'm, I'm pretty big on, I, I try not to be preachy, but that definitely is something that I am a bit preachy on is just allowing yourself to shine at what, you enjoy doing and what you actually are good at, especially because I feel like in my own personal life, I spent a long time feeling bad about myself because I felt like I was a worse version of other people when actually I was the best version of myself. And instead of embracing that, I sort of suppressed it for a while. And now, I mean, it's taken this long, but now I'm like, oh, actually, a lot of those things I didn't like about myself are are great things. Like those are the things that I think are actually my calling Call, like my my best things are a lot of times the things that I didn't capitalize on before. So I think to say that like it's an obligation to to say it, I I sort of feel like I don't want to just be another person who is like promoting the same stuff as everyone else because I'm kind of against this culture of here look at me, listen to what I say, look at my life. Don't you want to be like me? Because I think that that's super dangerous. And I I don't think it's a healthy way to look at life. I think it's one of the biggest downfalls of people's mental health through social media is because everyone's like that. So I think a big part of my messaging in my life will, I hope, is to just focus on who you actually are and not on what you're trying so hard to to emulate because I just genuinely, 
think it's it's easy to look at these so-called successful people that we all idolize and be and look at them and be like a lot of these people seem really depressed and miserable so why are we trying to go after this because there's been no direct correlation between me trying to be like other people and feeling any happier or me emulating other people other than just their successful habits maybe so how do you handle like uh having role models or um, people that you maybe even people that are successful that you look up to how do you how do you handle that dynamic do you do you how do you try to take pieces of what they say and apply it to your life specifically yeah for me i don't have there's not one person cuz some people people will be like who's your biggest inspiration and for me there isn't just one other than the cliche, like, my parents, because in a way, like, no doubt they're my biggest inspiration because I've spent the most time with them over the years, and I owe a lot of any part of my life to them. Other than all the cliches, I don't have just one person I look up to because there's always going to be something where I don't agree with someone or I don't like the way they do it. So I, I really do pick and choose aspects of how they live. I find, like, qualities I try to break every person down by what do I respect and idolize about this person? And I'm like, oh, I like the idea that this person um, is, like, they, they set their mind to something. So let's take Gerard Way, for example, someone who I've, I've said I, I, like, I like his path a lot. He's, uh, if you don't know him, lead, lead singer of My Chemical Romance and also uh, wrote this show or the comic book, The Umbrella Academy, which is now a show. I... I love the fact that he went after something. I went. I, I love the fact that he stands for something. But like, I don't want the same things in my life as him. I'm not a musician or a comic book writer. But the idea of like going after your 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 goals and trying to like build a uh, a world that like you can see in your head and putting it to to putting it out there. I love the idea that he did that. And like, I would love to be able to emulate some part of that in my life. Now, I don't need the drugs and alcohol part of his life, where he was a complete mess for a long time. So I don't. I don't think everything he's done has been the best, but yeah, what, that's kind of how I do it. But let, let's let's look at something separate from the actual, like, um, I guess the result of what they do, and more the process of what they of how they do it. Because I think that's a, a a big part that gets gets lost in the shuffle is people see a, a successful person and says, okay, what was your process? Cause I want to be as successful and happy as you. And you and I had a discussion uh, months back uh, about, you know, Bo Burnham and his, his process, you know, he, he talks about how he'll be completely lazy and useless for three months. And then he'll just write a story in one month. That's like, he'll write a, a stand up special in a month. Or whatever, and and you work a lot differently. So how do you how do you take that stuff with a grain of salt? How do you, how do you process? Okay, there there are two, you know, you have Bo Burnham or you have Gary V who locked himself in a room for ten years or you know whatever he fucking did, yeah, and, and just worked and worked and worked and worked versus this guy who for three months didn't do anything and then one month wrote an entire stand up special that was highly successful. How do you process? Okay. Well, which one of these are, are right and which one of these work for me? I think that's that is a big part of that uh self what? Self awareness just having the self awareness and looking doing an evaluation of your life and actually think it through. Like I I've always just been kind of the like the 
the steady the steady person. Like I've always kind of just consistently improved upon myself. So for me, I don't work in bursts. I work in bursts of creativity sometimes, but ultimately if I do the same good habits every single day, like it, I will be able to build upon it. So just being able to have the self-awareness and like I, that, that Bo, Bo Burnham thing, I, I, I cannot relate to that. Like I, I, if I spent months not doing anything, I would be a complete disaster. And if anything, it would just completely crush me from being creative. Like I, I have to consistently go. That's why I don't take days off for the most part. Like a, a few days here and there, cause I'm not insane. I think it's really stupid when people can't take a day off. I'm like, dude, it's not that hard to me to just take a day off. Cause I know I can get right back on it again. But for some people, I guess if they take a day off, they completely fall apart. So I can't relate to that. But at the same time, you gotta have that self-awareness there. Yeah. Well, that's tough too. Cause the managing, the managing of the expectations for what it means to be a hard worker or what it means to be successful a lot of times can can get in the way of your own individual process. I mean, I know with me sometimes um, I've had songs that I've written that like I could have sat down at the piano and just fleshed it out. I could have just freaking sat down and just pedal to the metal, get this thing done bada bing bada boom and then i've had other but i've had times where i'll sit down at the piano i'll write a riff or an idea and it'll sit for months and then all of a sudden i turn it into something months later and i'm like those months of not working on it my mind was actually still working on it like there were little things that i picked up on that i ended up using as a part of my creative process and and so it's it's tough to just sit here and measure those things and say, oh, was I not a hard worker because I didn't sit down and write that song? I don't think so because I was I ended up using the stuff that has happened in my life since then, uh, or the, just the the things I've consumed have now been regurgitated in this new creation. And so, um, I mean, that's that's sticking to the creative side. But then you look at things like. Um, there are things in life like uh, I guess just taking care of your your body like you can't go three months without working out and eating healthy and then have one month of just kicking ass and then be healthy I mean that's pretty much how I've done things <laughs> like three months of just like uh, freaking downward spiral and I'll have one month or two months where I'm just like yeah I'm freaking I'm in the gym. Killing the game. I'm killing killing the game, game, dude. I'm doing good. (laughs) And then I'll just have like one day where I eat pizza and I'm like, all right, well, here's my next three months of not doing shit. And it doesn't, it doesn't equate the same way. So part of me is like, well, if that's how it works with this thing, maybe there is something to like absolute consistency. Maybe, maybe that's how it should be for everything. Um, but but then I also, like I said earlier, I have those moments where I'm like, yeah, but that time away from that specific thing that I did ended up helping create something that I'm proud of. I don't know. It's it's so tough because a lot of these things are intangible. You can't necessarily measure it. We even talked about, you know, going back to mental health, there's no way to actually, like, say this meant this person's depression is a certain level and this person isn't as whatever so this person that their level of depression is smaller you just need to get over it while this person who's it it just that's kind of how life works in a lot of ways we can't 
measure these things and then have a specific formula for how it works out. Uh, well, okay, let, let me ask you a question that just actually popped into my head on this. Okay. Would you, if, if there was somehow a, a scale that could be built that would literally somehow objectively measure all these things, so it would tell you on a scale of like 1 to 10 or 1 to 100 how bad your depression is in comparison, so you can compare every every number to other people like how hard your life has been in comparison to other people you could literally break it down by like from your city your state your country all literally every analytic is out there if you could have access to this would you want to have access to this my my first instinct was to say no because (laughs) i think i think the i guess maybe the the part of me that loves psychology is because of the 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 curiosity, the seeking nature of it. Like we don't actually know a lot of these things, but it's just like we're really just trying to learn, we're trying to figure out, we're trying to gather data that might might apply to you, might not, but let's just try our best to set us up for success. But at the same time, I feel like that would actually be perfect because like let's let's take for instance Let's say that my excuse for not getting healthy is I, I've developed a binge eating disorder. Now let's say you put me on a scale that measures that binge eating disorder and out of 10, I only have a two. Well, I need to look myself in the mirror and say, hey, <laughs> buddy. You're being soft. I'm being soft here. <laughs> like I'd have, I, I'd have a, because I, I do wonder that sometimes where I'm like, you know, am I just because people will say that? You know, people. This this comes with the the overthinking thing. People are like you're just making a big deal out about a, a, something that's not there, and it's like, but it feels like it's there for me. But if I had a tangible thing that somehow could measure all this and said, regardless of what people's opinions are, you actually are making a big deal about this thing. <laughs> yeah, it I know. Be. That's the scary part of this, though. But I feel like logically that would be good. Like obviously that. There are parts of it that feels kind of, uh, it's harsh and it's blunt, but it's, I almost feel like that would be a sick <laughs> invention to have because you'd only have yourself to look in the mirror at. And a lot of times I think accountability is, um, is the hardest thing to acquire where it's just like, you want to say, you know, I'm really trying, but you know, my upbringing taught me this and you know, I developed these habits because of this. And then that's just part of my life now. And it's really hard to get out of that. But then if you put, put them on the scale and the scale says, <laughs> no, you're just making a big deal about this because we, we talked about this too. Like linguistic studies have shown that a lot of times when you develop a word or part of language, uh, that like defines a certain thing, then that thing becomes more real. So for instance, depression if we would have never developed a word like depression, would depression be as prevalent as it is today? Or because that word is there to describe this feeling, do people end up ultimately putting themselves in a situation where they feel more depressed just because they know that that is an emotion that you can have? And so you create your own, like it's a self-fulfilling problem. You end up creating your own misery almost. Yeah, the the labels are definitely a scary thing whenever you associate it. Like when I found out I had ADD, I was like, oh, 
did I, am I happy that I know this now, or would I have just been better off not actually knowing that I have ADD? Because cause now there was a certain point of me being like, okay, well, I guess I can just have an excuse now for things, where before I didn't actually have any excuse. I would just have to feel bad about it and be like, wow, I suck at paying attention to things. Yeah. So well, that was a tough one for me. And you talked about, too, how a lot of times like people will refuse to like if they if they commit to the idea that they're incapable of something they'll just stop trying to do it yeah and we talked about this actually recently exactly and i think you like think about like sports like part of what makes sports awesome and beautiful are you have like athletes who like don't look like they should be athletes and all of a sudden you know they were they went to a, a junior college and they weren't they weren't drafted, so they signed out of free agency and they made their way on the squad, and then they end up being one of the best players on the team. And you're like, this person was told by all these people, you're not capable of doing this, and they kept busting their ass, and now they're one of the best. Like, maybe if you had this label thing, it says, no, actually, you know, just fundamentally, you you don't have what it takes to be... Like, maybe you don't get the people that will their way into doing things because they have specific uh, quantified results of these are your stats. Your stats won't allow you to be this. So, I mean, like, think about you, your life. Speak on this a little bit because I feel like you would probably argue that you've overachieved in some ways compared to maybe what other people would say that you do or people sometimes don't even give you credit for what you maybe have done at times. Um, Like, how does that... How do you navigate through that? And then, um, I guess, thinking about uh, a, a, something that would, I guess, legitimately tell you, here's your stats, you shouldn't go through this. Do you think that would change, I guess, just who you are as a person? Would that be different? Yeah, like for me, there's no way in hell I would want to have access this, to this machine of having all... First off, I would drive myself crazy because I'd be like, no, this can't be right. No, no, it's, it's definitely... My problem is definitely more severe than this number here. Or like, it, it, it would definitely get in my head. I would. I don't like having access to too much information when it's things like that. Like people, like people have asked me if I could read people's minds, would I do it? I'm like, no, hell no. I would not read people's minds because that would, I would overthink things so much. I would have the most difficult time going through my life if that happened. Um, if I had all those stats in front of me, it would be a really, really tough adjustment. Um, what can you can you tell me? Like, what was the specific question again? Honestly, for me? I did such a bad job of asking a question. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm like, wait, what was the exact question? <laughs> I, I'm trying to figure out what I want to know from you. Just like, I guess, do you think that it would prevent you? Do you think it would take away? Uh, I guess those those stories of people overcoming adversity, beating the odds to be great at something they were told they couldn't couldn't be well yeah it would suck like if someone actually told me when i was a little kid the fastest that you will ever throw a baseball is like 73 miles an hour like no matter how hard you try you'll only be able to throw at 73 miles an hour which is somewhat accurate um like i might have bummed me out i might have been like okay i'm just not gonna try pitching then because i would like that if my if that's my ceiling and I have to just rely on just throwing junk, then, like, why would I really even try to go down that path? But I also 
pitched for a, a big part of my life, and I really, really enjoyed it. Like, obviously, I didn't go anywhere with it because I was never going to be that amazing, but I think it would have probably been discouraging, and I just wouldn't have done anything with it. And I think that would be, like, the worst part about this. Do you think, though, maybe maybe it actually would be the best part because maybe then you only focus on the things that you're really good at or that you... Cause let, let, let's let's go back to your life. Like think of a think of a situation where you knew baseball just wasn't going to be it, and like creative stuff was going to be it. Like maybe you would be way way better at your oh creative stuff. Oh my god! Oh damn, dude! <laughs> I feel well. I'm I'm actually more curious from your perspective because you've talked about before that you have like there's a handful of things that you did really 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 well, and knowing that, do you think? if you got pointed in, like, in a specific direction of this is where you could be the absolute best, it sounds like you would be, you would love that. Like just having that very black and white answer of here's where your ceiling is. If you do this specific thing, this is how you're going to be successful. Well, I Most guess successful. for me specifically, yes, because one of my struggles has been, and this isn't me, this is going to come off like, oh, you know, I think I'm so great. <laughs> Let's hear you. <laughs> but... For the most part, I think pretty much anything that I, I like do or put my mind to, I've been pretty good at. Like not necessarily the best, but like I've been good at. Like if even baseball, like I was probably overall mediocre. But when I like really practiced, really focused on the game, I was always one of the best players. Um, and so like thinking about if I could have just known exactly what – I, I wanted or, or like I was really good at like what I'm what I was quote unquote born to do um, if there was a way to like measure that I almost feel like it would make some of my my adversity go away because part of my struggle has been figuring out what do I actually want to do with my life like I, I think I could be good here I think I could do this well I'm smart enough to do this you know I'm able to do this like you know i was i was going into college thinking that i could still possibly be a professional baseball player and then you know i, I was like training hard for that and and uh not as hard as i should have if that was actually my goal but then years later i talked to my dad and and he told me that uh he never even thought that i actually could be a professional. and i was like <laughs> that's my favorite part of this story are you freaking kidding me <laughs> Like, it kind of pisses me off because it was like I was putting a lot of pressure on myself thinking, like, that was the only way to be successful in this is if I made it to that ultimate goal. And I think a lot of times it took away the – I mean, that's not my dad's fault. That's my fault for <laughs> putting that pressure on myself. But I just feel like it took away some of the love of the game for me. Like, I, I was just like – it was kind of like with when I was pursuing music. And this just might, might be my own just – uh, flaw the way that I process information I guess when I was pursuing music because it became this is the career I'm pursuing every show that I did felt the most important of anything I'd ever done it was like if I don't have a bunch of fans here if I don't perform perfectly I fucking suck I need to reevaluate it was just like that's just not realistic with being a person still like you can still be flawed or whatever but anyways, back to the... I'm, I'm getting off track here. I'm, so, so many thoughts are going through my head. I guess the idea of being able to know, I think I would have. Because I like look back in my like high school specifically, I focused so much on uh, like sports and stuff. Not that I didn't like them, but uh, I remember my 
my parents came home one time and told me that my I had an acting teacher and they went and saw her for conferences and they they told them that they thought I was going to stop playing sports and be in theater uh, the rest of high school and looking back on that honestly I'm just like honestly as much as I loved sports like I almost feel like I belonged in that creative world more than anything and if I had committed to that idea rather than trying to to put a bunch of effort into something that wasn't really going to be my future uh maybe i'd be in a different place um but then again this is some whole thing about like having regrets and stuff like i wouldn't have made the discovery that i have now uh, about coming to chicago and doing all this stuff so it's it's a slippery slope but ultimately to answer your question i would say yes i think i would appreciate that because it would just it would it would I think eliminate the the questions that rattle around in my head of what the fuck should I be doing if I'm good at all these different things and I even have a support system that may want me to do certain things other than what I am doing. I just want to say I apologize. I feel like I have been so disjointed this episode. <laughs> This man's all over the place. I, I mean, feel like I've been all over the place this episode. And for those listening, I truly apologize for not being able to come up with a concrete, directed thought. Okay, well, all right. So to be fair, though, I was the one that was like, hey, can we just record the episode like in a, like a little bit? <laughs> because I, uh, you know, I'm not saying I, I'm hungover, but I'm, you know... I'm not like feeling the best. I'm not saying it, but I'm going to say the specific thing. <laughs> so I'm just like, let's just do this now in case I, you know, get tired later or I'm not feeling it so much. And for those so, of uh, you who might be judging Stephen because he's definitely not hungover, yeah, yeah. it's his birthday weekend. So yeah, all right, guys, give me give me a break. Well, at the time of this episode, actually uh, coming out on podcast apps and on YouTube. Uh, it is actually my birthday, so happy birthday to me. If you're wondering how old I am, I am 49. I know, it's a lot of people are surprised that I'm that. 49? I thought you were 47. I, <laughs> I wonder if, like, one person would buy it. Could I pull off being, like, way older than people would guess? I always think it's funny when we do live streams and people, like, ask if we're married or if we have kids and stuff. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm like, no, we suck, actually. Just a couple... <laughs> Just a couple of single men in our late 20s with uh, no prospects in the... Uh, <laughs> just kidding. No prospects. Dude, we need no, to start no scouting. Prospects. We need to get some prospects. Dude, who wants to be our... <laughs> Dude, we should, we should actually do a Bachelor show of us. There's two Bachelors, though. You get to pick which one. <laughs> no, no, no. We should do... Dude, this is an actual legitimate skit idea. Because we've talked about a, a similar skit idea to this, but an idea where it's kind of like baseball prospects. There's like a perfect game score, but we do it for women. Because that will totally not be outdated and objectifying. Yeah, dude. We, we scout rookie talent, but it's chicks. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> like, that will be a big hit. people will like that? We'll, get, we'll definitely get an audience, because people will be like, do these guys think it's like 1982? Like, what's these going guys, on here? <laughs> they just shift the narrative, and all of a sudden they think we're Nazis. These guys are definitely Nazis by the way they treat women. <laughs> Jeez. That's, uh, I, d- I doubt they take it that far. I think I, I, take it I, that I get far. the joke. I, I, understand the jo- I understand what is comedic about the joke. 
I, I am. I forget how I worded it that one time. I understand what is. I said something really pretentious once, and I don't even remember what it was. But it was something oh, yeah, along those have, lines. Uh, <laughs> Good concept for a, what is funny. I think I have a great sense of what is humorous. <laughs> yeah, it was something. It was something really stupid like that, and ever since then, I've been feeling a little down on myself. <laughs> Dude, I'm actually kind of pissed that you didn't go with my Nazi thing. See, when Steven and I talk on the phone, we'll have these riffs where we just go back and forth, like, making up more ridiculous things. But for whatever reason, when we do the podcast, every time that we start to go on these riffs, all of a sudden, my joke is ridiculous or over the top. I can't, I can't improv with now. you anymore, man. You leave me, <laughs> you leave me in the dust. Yeah, that's that wasn't the plan, but you know, it's 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 just tough to do it over Skype. That's oh, really what this comes that's down what to. It is. Okay, but we do it over the yeah. phone, which is pretty much the same thing. <laughs> no, but it, it makes a it makes a massive difference for me. Oh, personally. I gotcha. The platform. Gotcha. No, yeah, you got to keep in mind. You see, you can't read my analytics. You don't know how this affects me. Dude, I put you on that scale, and I read your analytics. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you made it an actual, like, scale, as if it was. I mean, <laughs> I was thinking it was more just like in, like you'd log in. You'd have a login, a user login, and password, and you go in there, and they're like, ah, okay, here's all the well, stats. The re- I wasn't saying, like, a scale, like, you step on it, and it tells you. I'm, like... Like no, that's a, what I imagined. Like, he was, like, way, weighing in for the biggest loser. He'd like, like a, take off your shirt. <laughs> and then measure players. <laughs> he'd take off your shirt, and your sex scale is one out of ten. <laughs> what? And they're, like, and they're like, sir, you didn't actually need to take off your shirt. <laughs> Dude, can you put your shirt back on, please? Oh, is it just that pants? Has, that has nothing to do with this, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I just take my pants off then? No, you don't need to take any article of clothing off, sir. <laughs> um, do you want to do our uh, Spotify segment? Yeah, let's do a Spotify segment. Okay, perfect. So we talked about this. We teased this a little bit last episode, but Stephen and I, uh, Stephen finally got Spotify. Hell yeah, dude. I'm moving into the 2020s. Moving into the 2020s with Spotify. And... Uh, we we have a playlist together where we put songs. Since Stephen and I have uh, pretty different tastes very, in music, we got very similar music tastes. I don't know what you're talking about. The songs that we chose are pretty much the same song. <laughs> Our songs are so <laughs> drastically different. I know. I, I I think it's funny that you chose the heaviest song on the playlist by far. And I probably gave you the softest song on the playlist. So uh, I mean, we do. We definitely. Uh, let's let's be fair. We actually do have overlap. Like part of the reason that we became as good of friends as we did in the beginning was my chemical romance taking back. Like we we connected on some some bands and uh, yeah. But overall, I'd say our music tastes don't really match up. Um, <laughs> Not based on this small sample, especially. No. So we, we both picked a song uh, that we had put on this this playlist. And uh, we're going to kind of discuss our thoughts on these. Do you want to do my song or your song first? You you do my song first. Okay, so the song <laughs> that... I, I, I didn't I didn't pick this one, Brandon, because Brandon picked the one that I did for his. But Brandon was just like, I'm gonna I, I'm I'm choosing this one song. So I, I'm I'm curious, why did you choose this specific song? So I chose this one because it was definitely the most uh, out of my taste. Yes. Of all the songs that you put <laughs> on the That's kind of why I threw it on there. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of go into 
um, just what I liked about it, what I don't like about it, and, um, and and just kind of have that discussion. So the song is The Hell I Overcame, and it's by the band Bad Omens. Is that correct? Yep. So right off, right out of the gate, this song, the opening sounds like a song by My Chemical Romance. Which <laughs> I don't, did you listen to both of them? Yeah. You, you confirm it? I mean, it sound, it, there's definitely, like, a little bit of similarities to it. I don't yeah. think it's, like, a Blaine ripoff or anything. No, no, no. I don't think so either. But it just – it was like, dude, this sounds like My Chemical Romance a little bit, um, which I liked. I, I, I enjoyed that. But then uh, then the singing begins. <laughs> well, I wouldn't really call it singing. What, so what is this called? What Like, the, the – What is that? Uh, it's, um, it's screaming or growling. Growling? Okay. We'll call that growling because – the chorus I would consider like scream singing, and I actually love yeah. the chorus. So mm-hmm. the the verse and pre-chorus I'm not a fan of, and I will just say, I guess as a singer, maybe maybe there is like some bias with this song because I really like melody, I really like um, I like voice, and that growling I just feel like it's tough. Like you definitely hear when he's saying certain words that uh like he's he's emphasizing different words differently he is but i feel like growling limits what you're able to emphasize or the tonality of what you're saying and i think that that's part of what i love about vocals is the ability to like come soft on this one word and then uh you know sing high on this other stuff but with growling it's like there is different notes but it's all yeah and i have a hard time with that i mean talk a little bit about do do you like that part is that something that you can only take in shreds or what do you like it a lot i'm very picky in particular about that's why a lot of times people will suggest music that they think that i'll like and i'm like not a big fan of it because i've even said before that spotify is having a tough time with me when i go to like more of the metalcore leaning songs because i'm i don't like most of them, it's rare for me to really like something. Um, specifically in this song, I like his screams and growls a lot, actually, which is part of the reason why I overall like this song because I, he he actually does vary up the way he screams and growls because even within the that type of vocal delivery, you can tell there's like a scream singing, which happens in the chorus. Then there's like a lower growl. Then there's like a higher pitch growl, and then there's more of like. It's kind of all like all intertwined in there. Part of what I like about about that band is I think they do a pretty good job of mixing them all together, similar to Bring Me the Horizon of like six years ago. Um, so I like it, and I also really like the verses because they're really fast, and I like the guitar part a lot on that song. Okay. So what about – so here's what I will say. I love the chorus of the song. No joke. The scream singing on the chorus, is it the same guy? I think so. I'd have to double check on that. The first time I listened to it, I thought it was a different guy. The second time I listened to it, I thought maybe it was the same guy. He could could just, the way that his voice sounded, it sounded Mm -hmm. like the same guy, but I wasn't sure. I know that some of the bands that you've showed me in the past, they have two guys, like one guy who will do the growl and one guy who will do the Under Oath is pretty famous for having the two singers. Yeah. Um, So... Uh, the verse and pre-chorus are tough for me. Uh, another thing that is tough for me with the growling is I think because 
it's so unappealing to me. I have a hard time paying attention to the lyrics. Um, and the lyrics are also super important to me. So it kind of takes me out of the song. So talk, talk about that. Like, do you like the meaning of this song even? See, um... Or like what, I guess this just what he's saying. Do you like the lyrics? It's okay. I'd say that's definitely not my... I love lyrics. Like, that's when the song is a home run to me, if they can merge the lyrics to the awesome, awesome instrumentation part of it. I don't love it in this case. Really, the only thing about this specific song that I enjoy lyrically is that it is sort of like a... Uh, I don't know, like in overcoming something, like literally in the the title of it. I, I like a lot of songs that are about just about being or uh, rising up. A, a lot of songs I like, especially because this is the type of song I would listen to at the gym, which okay. is it's pretty obvious if you're to listen to it. So I like that part of it a lot. Well, that's what um, I was going to ask Nat. So like, so what's the setting? Is that the only setting you would listen to this, or is this something like? Is this kind of music something that you would listen to like while you were doing uh, work or while you were uh, maybe editing a video or something where you didn't need to – just something where you would be able to listen to music at the same time? Would you listen to this just casually? Um, I, not if I was doing something else. Like I would, I would, only, I would listen to it like, yeah, like driving around. I would listen to it even walking to work. Uh, I would listen to it at the gym. And I might even listen to it just casually, like, doing stuff around, like, the apartment or something. So back when you were younger, though, because you liked this music pretty early on, I mean, you weren't mm-hmm. as serious of a, like, a, a quote-unquote gym rat as you are now. So, like, what was the setting that you started developing the taste for this music? Hmm. Well, to be honest, I'm trying to think of what... Because I started listening to like way heavier music right around the time that I started like doing wrestling. Oh, okay. And that so was when was. I was like fourteen. So ah, okay. I mean, I don't really remember before that. So technically, this was something that I would listen to around wrestling, and this was kind of what started to get me like motivated, I guess. See, that, I mean, maybe that's something that I need to try. Maybe I need to listen to some of this music while I'm like doing something like physical activity or working out or something. Maybe that'll give me a different perspective on it um but yeah just the verse in the pre-chorus that let's read some of these lyrics though i got them pulled up here Um, yeah because now i'm actually kind of curious so the verse goes if you were cast out what's your next move gonna be will you return cold or will you turn up the heat god please forgive those who doubt me did you really think the pain would send me to an early grave did you think i couldn't break these chains after all the hell i overcame the chorus hmm. goes, God, please forgive those who doubt me, forgot about me, then throw them down into the flames. See, I actually loved the lyrics of the chorus, too. Like, I like the scream singing, and I like I like the idea of saying, you know, I'm going to forgive these people who, who doubt me because they're fucked. <laughs> it's just like this. <laughs> it's like a fucking punch in the jaw. Like, uh, it, I don't know. It's... I actually appreciated that about the song, and um, if the whole song was, but it's it's tough. Like, how do you maintain something like the whole the chorus, like throughout an entire song? That would be, I don't know how any singer would be able to do it. But it it reminded me for those who haven't heard this song, it reminded me a little bit of Chester from Lincoln Park, like his yeah the way that that's he, definitely, a, that's one of their biggest inspirations is Lincoln Park. Cool, 
yeah. So I I did like that a lot. Um. I don't know if you remember this specifically, but the only other question I had was, do you remember the breakdown bridge? Is that it's the, like the heaviest part of the song. To me, to me, the devil sold his soul to me. Uh, it's the part that goes, the greatest trick that the devil did was convince the world he doesn't exist. You know what? <laughs> I, I don't remember. That part is, that is my favorite part of the whole song. It it's is. just so like, his his like scream in that part is pretty much the main reason why I feel like I even added that song because I just really like that part. Because it has this, like, cool uh, riff afterwards. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay. I'll, I'll listen um, to that part again because I am curious. Like, I, I like the idea of understanding why you like, some, why you like the music you do because it's different than mine. And I'm open 100%. to the idea of getting out of my own – because I thought about this with just my music taste. It's like – I don't want to get so locked into this place of I only listen to these kinds of songs because yeah. you'll even see in the music that I put on our list a lot of it has this kind of ambiance to it like there there's this like synth in the background or something that kind of creates this like kind of foggy ethereal vibe to it and then there's the music over the top of it uh, I really like that stuff but I don't want to get so locked into it that's the only thing that I really feel a connection to you know what I mean I want to break out of of that tunnel vision, if that makes sense. Hundred percent. That's what. Yeah, I, I I like doing this. So let's uh, we'll talk about uh, this song now. It's called Seventeen by Perfume Genius. Uh, it's worth mentioning that I don't know anything about Perfume Genius, and I actually asked Brandon because um, I wasn't sure if this is like an individual singer, if it's like a, a band. And from what I, our discussion, it seems like uh, the it's like mostly one person but then does the, does his boyfriend write the music underneath it or does he I, contribute to the songwriting from what i understand the the main guy he writes the lyrics the melody and like the chords like the very general uh, like uh foundation of the song and then his boyfriend is a little more musically talent gifted i guess so his his boyfriend will help with the production aspect of it or just like adding different layers to the instrumentation now he's a lot bigger now so he probably has more than just his boyfriend to help but at least at the time of this album the the album that the song that we're going to talk about which is um the album is called put your back into it the song is called 17 i think at that time his boyfriend was um a huge part of the the music aspect of the song but he he kind of started it off with the foundation of the song yeah, and so I, judging by the fact that I I don't know anything about the the music prior to this, this is a very just piano song. Like it's a very just piano driven song. I don't even know that there's any other instruments other than some ambiance created through there's uh, strings. the production. There are strings. Yeah, there might be a little bit of strings in it too. Um, is it is that normal? Like are, are his songs normally like this? Uh, they were back then. He's gotten a lot more produced. Uh, in his other, uh, his new stuff, he so he had his first album, which was based. It sounds like it's recorded on an iPhone. <laughs> it's oh really? Yeah, it's very raw, like him and a piano, and you might have some like cheap sounding synths in the background and whatnot. The second Dude, album, I, I love stuff like that. By the way, like I love this the rawness of just recording. Yeah, like I, that. I'd actually be curious for you to listen to his first album and see what you think about it. Um, but this this was his second album. He got a little bit more produced. 
but most of these songs are very piano based and then you'll have some synth stuff in the background you'll have some drums uh a lot of strings um but uh but still very stripped it's not huge so why specifically this song what what is the reason that you added this one to the playlist so i added this one um I, I really love the melody of this song, especially one specific part. So I have a weird, I'm, I don't want to say fetish, but... <laughs> yeah, I probably don't say that. <laughs> I have a weird fascination, I'll say, with uh-huh. songs that have like a very specific part that is powerful to me. And uh, verse 2, there's like just the way that the, the music picks up and then his melody. Um, mm-hmm. I really love that, so I wanted you to hear it. But also, I don't know if you looked at the lyrics of the song. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I did. They're pretty I haven't disturbing. Pulled up right now. <laughs> yeah, that was, I mean, that's the number one thing. When I, uh, so I saw the song wasn't very long, and I was like, okay, so then I wonder if this is going to be like very jam-packed. So I pull up the lyrics, and I'm like, wait, this is it? There's no, <laughs> there's not many lyrics here. It's just like, what is this, 12 lines or something? Yeah, 12 lines and, like, only a few words on each line. So I, I legitimately thought I looked at the wrong lyrics. I was like, this can't be the right song. Um, Do you have a guess at and, what you think the song is about? Well, so next to this, someone wrote it's about his depression slash suicidal feelings, most likely to being uh, felt m- most likely being felt at 17 between being gay the emotional roller coaster that is teen years and his body issue due to his crohn's disease is what somebody wrote on the the side comment so i i don't know that that's what it's about but that i had that thought in my head when i read the lyrics i actually don't think that that's what it's about (laughs) um that's a common thing because he has talked openly about that so i think a lot of times people will just attribute uh lyrics to oh this is always personal experience but if you actually pay attention to some of his songs like he has a song called learning which is literally about kidnapping a woman and raping her and then he has a song um called uh dark parts which is about being molested by uh, a grandfather i believe um like he touches on really dark things um which is just very interesting. It's kind of shocking to you a little bit. I actually think this song is about um, a serial killer. So interesting, because I definitely felt that this song was a deeply personal song about him. So that's interesting that you is is that an original take from you, or have you read any? What else that's that's that? an original take from me. Let me tell you why. So. There's there's a line in here that really throws me off to thinking that it's about him. So he says, string it up on a fence, cover it with semen. Yeah, that was the part where I was like, I can't even figure out what this has to do with. Like, like to me, that's that I th- I thought it was like like related to rape in one way or another. That's like how it sounded to me. So serial killers, a lot of times their murders come from as a result of sexual, like they get sexual gratification out of the control of that thing. So to me, so he's talking about take everything away, this gnarled weird face, which makes me think this ripe swollen shape. This makes me think that he's destroyed a a body or he's 
not him specifically, but he's talking from the perspective of a serial killer. Um, he's mangled this person's face. You know, when you when you die, I think your body starts to swell. Um, I want Blake. I want Frozen. Like so, this is me thinking. Like he's like thinking of where to dump the body, uh, tuck the whole thing in the body of a violin. So, to me, th- this is an idea of like serial killers. A lot of times will have quote unquote mementos or things that they use as representations of uh, like a symbol or something for their murders. Um, so thinking of like him putting it in the body of a violin or maybe even thinking of it like in the body and string it up on a fence and having that sexual gratification by covering it with semen. And now after he has that completion, he's done with it. Damn. Now I feel like you probably are right. That's actually, I think of this differently. So, okay. So let me, let me explain my thoughts after listening to this. So it is. I, I think you had put also into my head that you didn't think his voice was all that. I, for, I forget. What, yeah, you, his voice isn't that strong. No. Yeah, he doesn't have like a which, um, which is fine for me. I mean, I I obviously really really like powerful voices, but I also think that some of my favorite singers aren't necessarily the most impressive singers. Um, so I'm like, I was kind of like okay with his voice. Like it it, it didn't. The, for the first verse, I didn't like the first verse of it, this song that much because I couldn't really figure out... I guess I don't listen to music like this, so maybe I was not sure how to, to take it in. But for the first verse, I was like, okay, this is kind of... This is kind of... Uh, kind of slow, which I, I wasn't surprised that it would be slow, but I'm like, all right. I, don't, I also don't really know what he's talking about in this because if you just read like the first lyrics, take everything away, this gnarled, weird face this ripe swollen shape i want blank i want frozen lake i want deep space it was just like so ambiguous i could not figure out what this was about um i agree when it went into the second verse definitely like it it definitely gets a lot um more interesting i really really like the production on this song because it does have an element of rawness but also you feel like you're in a big like like you you feel like you're like in it's very like there's like an openness to it i really like how the ambiance is created in the song. So I like that part of it a lot. Um, I think kind of how like what your thing with screams and, and growls, I think I have a tough time with no drums. I really uh. do because I like, um, because if, if there's no guitar, it's not a big deal. Cause I, I like piano a lot. So like you can have a, a piano um, that can save it. It is weird though. Cause I feel like a song doesn't conclude unless there's some sort of, drum part that comes in at some point um so i kept waiting like oh maybe the outro is gonna just have like a steady drum to outro out the song or maybe in the second verse like they'll have a little symbol it doesn't have to be anything crazy but it was weird to not have any drums in it because as i've talked about before i love drums like that's one of the you'll notice a big theme in a lot of the music that i'll add are really they may not be the most impressive drums but usually the drums are pretty important to the song like they're very like turned up so that was i was taken aback by that part of it um but i think that's just some adjusting for me that i i need to be more open to the fact that sometimes a song can be complete with saying a lot without having specifically what i am waiting for and that's actually probably a good thing in certain ways yeah, that's actually I'm I'm really glad that you pointed that out cuz we we've definitely had a conversation about how I know that drums and guitar can be important for you. Mm-hmm. Um 
but I don't for some reason I don't think I put together that oh yeah this I love this song and it has a lot of drums so I wonder <laughs> yeah that's interesting um here's what I will say this song this album is has that rawness to it while it it is a his progression is very like you can see the evolution like that first album was like recorded on an iPhone almost <laughs> it was like really raw not much to it at all this one this one kind of reminds me of the production quality of like my album Passionate Mind where it's just like mm-hmm. it's pretty simple it's not you're not getting too crazy into like you know you have a song like Expend on my album that has a little more production to it you know different uh, sounds and and, and uh, synths and instrumentation. Like you have a couple of that on this album, but a lot of it is just basically piano based and then uh, like strings or synths to to back up that stuff. There are some tracks with drums on them and stuff too, but I will tell you, if you were to ask me to give you a top ten albums of all time, my list this his, mm-hmm. this album of his would be on it. Damn, I that's pretty this, cool to know. I love this album. I used to listen to this album all the time when I lived in Tennessee. I actually. Now that we're talking about it, I kind of want to listen to it again. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm really I'm glad to hear that because that 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 kind of helps me understand a little bit more. And I almost want to when it was weird because when I saw the songs that you were putting on our Spotify playlist, it seemed like songs that you had like you you really you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like you had uh, very specifically picked songs. Like it was songs oh, yeah. that you really liked, or the songs that you really wanted me to possibly hear to see what I thought about. Whereas I was basically taking songs that I had on my Discover Weekly playlist, which is just a random playlist, songs that caught my ear. I would just throw that on there to see what you thought about it. Um, but- yeah, well, I, I'm gonna. I, I think I only have like five songs on there right now. I, I think my goal is, as I'm listening to songs that I'm adding to my playlist, I'll probably put those on there like like the ones that i that i like enough to add it to what i'm listening to means that i've actually like listened to it a few times and i i don't know it, i feel like it's worth throwing out there yeah well that's so that's what i was doing at first but then i was like okay he's it seems like he's being a little more specific with what he's what he's picking and then so i decided to do that as well and that's why i put this song on there because this isn't one i just discovered i knew this a while back and i was like yeah, yeah, that's like me putting Throne on there. It's like I even yeah. know that you know what that song is, but that's just which I, have I to actually put that on love there. that song. I yeah. like this song a lot. Yeah, it's 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 one of my favorite uh, songs to work out to, and that album that that came off of is one of the more important albums to me. Dope. Uh, um, so do we pretty much decide that we're gonna end the show by doing this end part, like doing this segment at the end? Yeah, I think. I, well, we we talked about that for sure. I don't know if we want to commit to that, but yeah. I, yeah, as of right now, I'm liking it. Okay, cool. Uh, well, are there any other like recommendations or things that you want to tell people about your your YouTube channel or anything? No, just uh, another year of life for me. Uh, pretty exciting. Age 27, I'll probably talk a little bit more about, but um, a very, probably the steadiest year of my life up to this point. Just, I was very consistent. Um I stayed out of drama. <laughs> I stayed out of trouble. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was a good it was a good time for me. And um, I, in terms of my uh, YouTube channel, you guys probably have noticed I've been upping it to doing two videos a week plus one live stream. And it's tough, I will say. 
Uh, I think it'll be easier when Brandon's here because the vlog footage will be easier to compile together because Brandon and I will always be spending time. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I'm seeing the payoff for it. So it, it so far it's been worth it to do the two videos. Dope. Yeah, and I'm I think it's cool that you've been doing that. I I have two videos posted in a week as well um, with my video gameplay. But then this week I. I randomly did a cover, uh, so it was oh, yeah. three videos this week, which was pretty cool. I almost okay. thought about posting, uh, I got this new Dragon Ball Z game, um, and I already edited the first video. I thought about posting it today and making that four videos in one <laughs> one week, but I'm, I think I'm going to try to figure out what I want to do with that. But yeah, if you like the gameplay stuff, uh, I, I just started playing this Dragon Ball Z game, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. If you like Dragon Ball Z, the game is pretty spot on with the story um like how how the actual show plays out so i would definitely check that out um other than that just stay tuned with with all the stuff me coming to chicago soon make sure you wish steven a happy birthday today after you hear the podcast um uh, at steven russell b at steven russell b <laughs> show him the love uh but that's that's about it for me um if you guys you know have any thoughts or comments or anything on the, the wide variety of topics that we touched on today, make sure to email us at emgpod at gmail.com or DM us at emgpod Twitter or Instagram. Even if it's just to tell me, Brandon, get your thoughts in line because they're all over the place today. I'm fine with that. I, I need to be held accountable. Um, or um, obviously you can hit us up on our inst- our, our personal uh, Instagram or Twitter. Uh, Stevens is at Steven Russell B with a V, not a PH, two S's, two L's. <laughs> or uh, you can hit me up at Brandon J. Flippin. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time. Take it easy. Holding on to-